The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. This is Joseph Botkin, a.k.a. Pongo Joe, traveling actor from Birmingham, Alabama, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, this is Cody Wright, a.k.a. Spider Jesus from Zombie Army Productions. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Michael Ryan Avon, a.k.a. Sparrow, from the QM Sliders, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, I'm Todd Stubler from Sliders Recaps, known as T, the original Ghost Town Slider, and I'm here on The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with... Three big scary man and one that wears more makeup than I do. Greetings, listeners. Here we are in northern part of the country. If you're like me, you're about fed up with this cold weather. And last week we had that big ice storm that came through most of the country, and everybody was slipping and sliding all over the place. And speaking of sliding. On this episode of The Big Scary Show, the Round Table of Terror is all about sliding. Haunt sliding, that is. What is haunt sliding? Well, you're going to find out on this round table as we sit down with Pongo Joe, Slider Jesus, and others to talk about this unique scare opportunity where you're not always where they expect you to be. Sliding has been a staple for years, and many people have perfected the art. So you don't want to miss this roundtable and find out all about sliding and what it can do for your haunt. Badger brings us the latest in Deadline News. Storm rants about Mexican cartels or haunters on a smoke break in a haunt minute. The old crone is back with her segment. And myself, Meat Hook Jim, I'm bringing you... The Martyrs of the Roman Arena on Between the Corpses. And don't forget, the Hansermanist Jerry Vane is always spinning the spooky tunes. All this 
and so much more on this chilly February episode of The Big Scary Show. All hell breaks loose in The Evil, a chilling tale of supernatural suspense. The Evil, rated R, no one under 17 admitted without parent. Trans World's Halloween and Attraction Show returns to the America Center in St. Louis, March 17th through 20th, for another year of spooky Halloween thrills and chills. Join haunters from all over the world as they network, attend classes, demos, and seminars, and walk the aisles of the show floor featuring the top haunt vendors in the world. Don't forget the After Hours events, including the party at City Museum, the return of the Vampire Circus, the state of the industry, and the Oscars Award. Once again, Transworld welcomes back its Christmas trade show and room escape show all under one roof. Visit www.haashow to get more information and register for the biggest show of the year, and we'll see you in St. Louis. The recently deceased. It walks. The Big Scary Show.
Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. All right. So when checking things out this week for something to rant about, Haunt haunt Minute, I'm looking and I see an article, Chilling Google Maps Pick, appears to show creepy Mexican cartel members. Oh, well, this looks interesting. Let's check this out. Let's go and see. I'm expecting to see, you know, like Batman criminals, a bunch of guys wearing the same mask, big thugs, you know, looks like somebody you wouldn't want to cross, you, you see across the street or something, and creepy masks and stuff, and it's four, like, teenagers who had seen, like, a Google car, and they're just standing there, and and what are their, their, their creepy masks? Well, you know, one's, like, a werewolf uh, mask you get from Spirit, uh, another one's not even wearing a mask, he's got, like, you know, dirt on his face and, like, a, uh, a farmer, round farmer hat, another one is wearing a very generic ghost white um, luchador mask. And the fourth one is wearing a ghost face mask. Yes, a ghost face mask. And I got, like, a cloak and jeans and, you know, boots and stuff on. And, you know, why is this a Mexican cartel? Because the picture was taken in Mexico and because of that trusty source, a Reddit user said so. Oh, yes, a Reddit user. And I'm looking at this picture and I go, I've seen this. I see this every fall. Yes, this is actually not Mexican cartel workers. No, it's a bunch of haunt actors on a smoke break. There's no other way. I mean, it's it looks like you're haunt actors just standing there, minding their own business, on a smoke break. Oh, look, here comes the Google car. Put your mask down. Absolutely not enthusiastic or anything. They sure aren't standing there with machetes or machine guns or, you know big duffel bags or anything, like that they're some sort of Mexican cartel or even vehicles or anything out there. No, this is definitely a Google car driving by a haunt with the actors on a smoke break. So remember, keep your actors away from the road and, you know, don't let them get mistaken for Mexican cartel members during their smoke break. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode. For another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
Hello, everyone. This is Drew Badger, and this is also Deadline News for episode 256. And if you did not hear big scary news last week, episode 223, where we had Jen from Transworld on, we want to bring this update to you from Transworld. Transworld's Christmas show is returning to St. Louis, March 17th through the 20th, co-located with Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show and the Room Escape Conference. This show is a must-attend trade show if you're thinking about opening or currently operate a Christmas event. If you own or operate a corn maze, farm, seasonal-themed event, malls, resorts, family fun center, amusement parks, zoos, aquariums, paintball fields, holiday retail stores, or anything Christmas-related, they have everything you need to make your Christmas season a success. The Christmas show combines the products and knowledge of hundreds of exhibitors that you need to see in March in one location. Get more information and register for Transworld at haashow.com. We have this update to Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Tom Savini to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening February 25th through the 27th at the Sheraton Atlanta. Tom Savini is an American actor, stunt performer, film director, and makeup artist. He's known for his makeup and special effects work on many films directed by George A. Romero, including Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Creepshow, and Monkey Shines. He also created the special effects for cult classics like Friday the 13th, Parts 1 and 4, Maniac, The Burning, The Prowler, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Savini directed Night of the Living Dead, the 1990 remake of Romero's 68 version. His other directing work includes three episodes of the TV show Tales of the Dark Side and one segment in the Theater Bazaar. As an actor and stuntman, he has appeared in films like Martin, Dawn of the Dead, Night Riders, From Dusk Till Dawn, Planet Terror, Machete, Django Unchained, and Machete Kills. Tickets and more information for Days of the Dead Atlanta can be found at daysofthedead.com. We have this update from Horror Hound Weekend coming to Cincinnati. We are happy to announce that Joel Polis will be joining the already announced Keith David and Thomas Waits for a special reunion of The Thing at Horrorhound Weekend, Cincinnati, March 25th through the 27th. Visit horrorhoundweekend.com to secure your tickets today. We have this update from the Mad Monster Party coming to Concord, North Carolina. We have a Jason Lives costume photo op at Mad Monster Party. C.J. Graham from Friday the 13th, 6, Highway to Hell, joins the madness in North Carolina February 18th through the 20th. He will be offering a Jason Lives costume photo op on Saturday only, but he'll be signing and meeting fans all three days. Photo ops on sale now. For tickets, hotel, and more information, visit madmonster.com. We have this news from the St. Albans Sanatorium in Radford, Virginia. Join us for our March History Tour of St. Albans Sanatorium. This is a guided experience where you will have the opportunity to view our facility, take photos, and learn the history from start to the present day. We recommend a flashlight and comfortable shoes as the building has dark areas at this time of day and there's a lot of walking. Dress warmly as St. Albans is also not climate controlled. 
visit our website to pre-purchase your tickets as there may or may not be available to purchase during the time of the event. Get more information at St. Albans, Virginia. That's stalbansvirginia.com. We have an update from the Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival coming to Romulus, Michigan. We have another official guest announcement. Let's break out the cotton candy and welcome Suzanne Snyder and Grant Kramer to Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival, making for Michigan's first ever Killer Clowns from Outer Space reunion. This hilarious, over-the-top, and gag-filled film has become a cult classic over all these years since its release. From the countless demands for a sequel to the new merchandise that has debuted at Spirit Halloween, it truly is a classic movie. Suzanne is also known for the John Hughes classic Weird Science, Return of the Living Dead 2 from 1988, as well as a small but memorable role in Night of the Creeps, starring another one of our celebrity guests, Jason Lively. Before biting off a bunch of clowns, Grant starred in New Year's Evil and Hard Bodies. He recently appeared in the Nicolas Cage film Willy's Wonderland. Get more information about the Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival at facebook.com slash motorcitylegacy. And finally we have this news from the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. The Winchester Mystery House is opening all of its 2,000 doors on select nights in February for an exclusive after-hours experience. The February Flashlight Tour is a self-guided evening tour that allows brave guests to explore the dark halls of the mansion while hearing unnerving stories of the home's haunted history. It is a rare chance to glimpse one of the world's most alleged haunted mansions at night all alone. Tours last from 7 to 11 p.m. on Saturdays in February. Self-guided tours are one party at a time. Winchester Mystery House staff will be available for questions and assistance along the tour route. Advanced ticket purchase is required as the capacity is very limited. Tickets may be purchased online at winchestermysteryhouse.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, let's see if you've been listening carefully to the show because it is time for the February Gruesome Giveaway, sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. I don't think they're going to be at Transworld this year, so now is the time to go to ScreamlineStudios.com and pick out all the things you need. Now, you know how this works, but in case you don't, let me explain. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. We need you to send us the answer along with your name and phone number in an email to contest at bigscaryshow.com 
before midnight on Monday, February 21st. And you could be randomly selected to be the winner of the February Gruesome Giveaway. Now, without further ado, the question for that February Gruesome Giveaway is... At the beginning of the Round Table of Terror, we find out who coined the phrase Slider. What is the name of the person that came up with the name Slider? If you think you know that answer, again, email it to us along with your name and phone number to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on February 21st, and you could be randomly selected to be the winner of the gruesome giveaway. Family members of the Big Scary Show plus previous winners not eligible to win. Good luck, everyone. And ladies and gentlemen, that music you are hearing does signify once again that the Round Table of Terror has arrived at this part of the Big Scary Show, and boy, howdy, we are excited. We have been <clears throat> sliding around this topic for a couple of years, hoping to uh, talk about this. One of the cool things that we love to see at different haunted attractions, especially those with paved surfaces, are the actors that entertain Q-Line people and sometimes lurking deep in the dark recesses of haunts. And, of course, we are talking about clowns. No, no, no. Actually, they're too horrifying to talk about. We are talking about sliders. If you've never seen a slider in action, boy, you've missed out. They are terrifying most of the time for various reasons. They are incredibly athletic and in a lot of haunts they are the top dog when it comes to acting a lot of places with lots of paved surfaces you've got people out there sparking it up in all sorts of terrifying ways and we have finally after a long time put together a dynamite panel of sliders and i certainly want to thank jonna the old crone for putting this together she is apparently a member of a slider group on social media and has gotten together some very interesting characters from various parts around the country and we want to talk about sliding how important is it to many haunted attractions obviously if you're a farm or a hayride and you just have dirt around they're pretty difficult to do but you know for a lot of other people this is a really fun thing i know people that literally just take a seat and watch sliders work because i've been one of those people and i have watched them and i've slid about 75 pounds ago or so but i digress let's let's get into our uh let's get into some of our sliders out here i want to start off in the chicago area we have cody wright with us who sometimes goes by the name of slider jesus we might have to find out why Shame this is radio and you can't see a picture of him. He has worked at places like Midnight Terror and Statesville Haunted Prison up in that area. Cody, are you with us? Yes, yes, I am. Great to have you here, Slider Jesus, or we'll just call you Cody. That'll be probably easier if that's all right. Yeah. Up in, out on the West Coast, let's go to La Habra, California. Let's talk to Michael Avon, sometimes going by the moniker of Sparrow. He has worked at places like Not Scary Farm. Michael, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? 
Oh, we are fantastic. Glad to have you with us, sir. Down south in Birmingham, Alabama, we have Joseph Bodkin, a.k.a. Pongo. He's a freelancer. He's worked at places like Netherworld and lots of other places around the south and other places. Joseph, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing really well. Great to have you with us. And in Irvine, California, we've got Todd Stubler, I hope I pronounced that right, who may be the person that kind of originated sliding in its in its current form. He's worked at places like the Queen Mary and uh, was kind of the original slider guy from like 1988 to 2002. We'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Todd, are you with us, sir? I am indeed. Thank you for having me. It is great to have the originator of this. Uh, many of us are indebted to you because of that. But, oh, um, thank you. <laughs> we couldn't do this also without our great host. So up in Rhode Island, not sure if there was any sliders on his uh, trails to terror when he was working there, but we have Storm. You know, there's not even 10 feet of consecutive pavement in Rhode Island without a pothole. So when we said we're talking sliders, I... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if we're talking Jerry O'Connell and um, uh, 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 Guy Fieri. Well, we could be talking about White Castle. Who knows? Down in down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. You know, working at Kings Island's Haunt, uh, Drew. I know you worked at Scarewinds, which are the same kind of basically the same thing. Uh, we did have a lot of sliders around there, so. This is exciting. I'm, I'm waiting to hear what these, uh, these guys have to say. Excellent. So do I. Down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have the old crone, Jana. How are you? Hi. I am good. Um, I am a slider, purely just a fan. That is not something I could ever do, would ever try to do. Bones are too brittle and too old, but I love watching the sliders, and I am so excited about tonight. Excellent. Glad you're here. My name is Drew Badger. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. And as Meat Hook Jim said, I did slide at Scarrowinds. I have done a little bit of work on the ghost ship down in Wilmington. I've worked at Netherworld as a slider. And my knees are never, ever going to be the same because I have put on a lot of weight since then. So damn fat. Anyway, let's talk sliding. Uh, Todd. Yes. Um, before we started, you said you pretty much kind of originated the modern slider. Now, you were not the original guy at Not Scary that the uh, documentary that was made was about, is it? Or uh, how, did, how did it come about? No, that's me. Um, that is I, you. Excellent. Yes. Um, sliding as we know it, um, the, the guy who actually came up with the term was this guy, Jay Mead. He was a stuntman at Knott's. And... It was a rainy night at Haunt, and when it rained, there was nothing to do. They would cancel the shows and everything, and he was just literally bored. So he was out diving in puddles and scaring people by splashing in the water because uh, it was raining so much. And somebody walked by him and were like, Jay, what are you doing? He's all uh, sliding. Hello. <laughs> so, so that term just sort of stuck. But sliding before me was it was mostly just sort of diving on the ground, kind of a baseball slide, if you will. It was only a couple feet, uh, if that. It was just a few inches, really. It was just kind of a dive on the ground, and they had gloves, and they would wrap duct tape around the fingers of their gloves, and they would put, like, knee, uh, uh, like volleyball knee pads on, and they would just kind of crawl around, crawl around and slap the ground and, and make noise. And so that was sliding, quote-unquote. And, uh, and then... 
I was working in a different area. That was ghost town. So that was like ghost town. It's like, Oh, it's the end all be all place. If you're working in knots, that's where all the best hunters all worked, or at least it was then. And so I was working in another area and over in this other area, I was small, skinny. Um, everybody around me was huge. They're all like six foot, seven foot, huge guys. And they would just, they were scary by mass. And I was not. And I was looking for something and I saw the sliding thing going on. I thought that looks kind of cool. And I had remembered that back in the seventies when I was really young and I would do skateboarding, we had those knee pads that we used to wear. And that sort of came to mind. And I thought, well, what if instead of using those volleyball knee pads, what if you had something that was like plastic where you could kind of scrape? And so we had. Uh, sliding was, was derived from slider cans, which was the shaker cans. You know, you have the cans with the bolts in it or whatever you make noise. And we would scrape those on the ground. We would shake them and then scrape them on the ground and kind of dive while we did that. But eventually the top would break off and then all the, your nuts and bolts would fly out and you just had an empty can. So then we just started scraping those on the ground and we would kind of kind of wedge ourselves under a bush and put our feet against a wall or something and just sort of push out and scrape. And that was sliding like that. And then eventually that noise uh, was pretty cool. But the cans that we were using, we had come to a realization that all we were doing was sharpening them for the most part. So some manager saw the cans with the sharp edges and was like, mm, no, <laughs> let's not do that. So I still wanted to get that metal on the ground thing because I figured, you know, anything metallic scraping at you on the ground at high speed is a great scare. I mean, you you just don't expect that. It's usually something unknown. It's either something's fallen off a car or something is fallen. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a good scare because it's, it's coming. It's a person coming at you in a way that's just not normal. Like someone running at you, even with a chainsaw or something, that's at least a person you can identify, but something coming at you high speed on the ground with this scraping sound just worked and it blew up. And so I put the made metal bits for the fingers and put some washers on the gloves, palms. And then I had those plastic knee pads, which I had to create because at that time you could not buy the skateboard knee pads. They, they didn't exist. Uh, skateboarding had been huge in the seventies and then it went away when there was all these, all the skateboard parks ran into insurance problems. They couldn't, they couldn't get insurance for it. So, um, so nobody made those pads or they just didn't come around much. And then, uh, so I found, I managed to find a set of the caps, just the, those caps that glue on the top at a bicycle shop because there were no skateboard shops. And so I got the, I got those caps. It was, it, story goes is that I went into a, I went into a bicycle shop and asked if they had the pads. She said, no. I said, well, do you have the caps that we used to stick on the top? She's all, hmm. She reaches into a cabinet. And she literally pulls out a Vans shoebox and blows dust off the top of the box and opens it up. And there were like three pair of the caps. And I was like, oh, I was like Indiana Jones, the light shooting up out of the thing. So I bought them all. And then I had to hot glue those onto volleyball knee pads um, because there was no way to attach them. Uh, and volleyball knee pads were all I had. So I did that. And then eventually uh, so i would just sort of dive out now 
when I went over to ghost town, I was in uh, camp Snoopy, which was the, the kind of the kids area during the day. And uh, when I, they moved me, they're like, we're going to take you over to ghost town. And one of the guys was like, okay, we're going to show you how to slide now. And I was like, okay. And so he's got, you know, the volleyball knee pads and he's got some leather gloves with some duct tape on it. He just kind of dives out and pats the ground. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and I came out there opening night and I walk out and I'm like, and I go zipping by like 15, 20 feet. And everybody was like, what are you wearing? And they're just like, oh my God, what's on your knees? What's on your hands? And then, you know, three or four days later, there were like 18 guys all with knee pads and gloves and, and whatever. And it just sort of, it just sort of blew up, but I sort of became the default, like, how do I make the thing? What do I build? And, and there were, everybody had every kind of design you can possibly imagine from pieces of pipe on the end to just pieces of metal bent over the end to whatever. It just sort of, it was crazy. It was a, that was a very bizarre time. That was, that was like 90, 91 to 93 or four that, that, that was this, this expansion era of trying new things. And we tried all different kinds of gloves, all different kinds of everything from baseball, like baseball batting gloves to, construction gloves to one guy makes he would make a new pair every year with welding gloves uh the really with a really long forearm and he would uh, make a new pair every single time and uh is so it's crazy and it's it's just all of this i mean even all these guys sitting here and everybody it's it it blows my mind that some schmo like me who just thought ah, eh, i'll just try this scary thing and see what happens and it's it's literally global i mean it's I, I get messages from people in the netherlands and germany and china and all these people that are using it some not for scary things some of it's just do the stunts but still it's it, it just it just it just it's amazing to me i love it it's awesome it's something uh, that you mentioned there about you know not expecting something to come at you from below yeah, You know, yeah. so many people understand, you know, the scare is going to be in front of you or to the side or even from above. And then, mm -hmm. you know, one of the least expected is from below. And yeah. that's what makes it so, so cool. Cause you're not really, you're not really expecting, you know, somebody to like come scrambling around on your hands and knees and stuff. And much less, you know, nowadays when a lot of things have magnesium strips and they spark everywhere and steel toed. I love that. I oh. love that. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see how much it's expanded, what people have gone, you know, come up with as different ways to put things on their hands and feet. And it's, I, I think it's awesome. It, it's, we're a creative bunch at that. You know, so, uh, Ma, go ahead. I, I've got to say that, you know, scaring from below, and that's one thing I've always admired about sliders. I've incorporated that into my classes. And one of my, one of my first clients, um, out at Backwoods Oddities in and uh, near Chillicothe, Ohio, I taught them to teach. I taught them to scare low, and it really worked for them. And as a matter of fact, when I went through, one of their actors got me by scaring me low. <laughs> awesome! Did they get a uh, reward for scaring the trainer? Yeah, a fifty dollar gift card. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! I'm working in the wrong place. <laughs> mm, me too. Uh, Michael, you worked at Not Scary. Did you work with Todd when you were well, when you were working at Not Scary, or were you affiliated with him? Um, no, but working there, you you hear the stories. Like, I mean, to me, 
it's it's kind of like um how could i put this in perspective i was more of like the bam or jarrett era while todd was more of the lords of dogtown and z boys when it comes <laughs> to skateboarding you know what i mean like yeah. as soon as soon as i got in there like been been gone but like the the stories and the legends and you know however people like to change it up or like oh he did this because he did that and like you just hear it all around from more than 30 people and you're just like man i want to meet this guy like this guy sounds like really cool like this guy like really um evolved the whole sliding and you know by the time i i kind of I started off in a maze and the rules were a little bit different. So it's like, you kind of had to prove yourself in a maze to even be considered for streets. And then it's like another step and a half to even be considered to slide because you have to go through a, uh, a safety sliding uh, course. So by the time I got in there, I think I was about four years, four and a half, maybe five years deep. And then, uh, and then I used sliding as a tool, but I mean, it, it, Throughout Knott's Berry Farm, like on the West Coast, um, he, Todd is very well known, and everybody that I know that I that have worked with him, have said nothing but great things about him. Very nice. Thanks. What made you go ahead? <laughs> no, I was just saying thanks. <laughs> what made you, Michael? What made you decide to become a slider after working in the maze? Honestly, like, I mean, when I, when I got to streets, my character was an old, old character. I was, I was playing an old man who was a, a, a minor. And, um, I was kind of, uh, at a point where I was like, what else can I bring to the table? Because with my character, I, I was kind of one of the first people to bring a, a spotlight to the zone. And I got it like approved and I got it okayed. And, um, I was wondering, you know, I, I already got like a, a weapon. I already got a spotlight. What else could I enhance this character? And for some odd reason, I was like, you know what? I want to kind of have this character be kind of old and ghost-like and being able to speed down a runway and have people question that like, oh, maybe this person isn't old. And it was just one of those things where like, I, I just wanted to learn how to, how to do like another tool to add to the, the trade, I guess you could say. Very nice. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cody, how did you get into sliding? Oh, okay. Um, well, how I got into sliding and into the haunt world, actually, um, I'm actually a newbie. Uh, this is actually my sixth year ever haunting. Uh, I've been sliding for five now. So I'm, I'm actually still like, the new guy. Um, but, uh, my, my, my story goes, um, I took my girlfriend to a haunted house and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be, get scared because, you know, I'm grown up. I'll just watch her get scared and we'll have a good time. And within, you know, five minutes of buying the ticket, a slider comes out of nowhere and scares the living shit out of me. And, and literally, and I, 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 his name is Remy Martin, uh, still a good friend of mine, uh, still works at Midnight Terror. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, the rest of the whole night, that's all I could think about was how fucking cool that was. Sorry, I don't know if you could swear or not. Sorry. Just keep um, it PG-13. 
for sure. Sorry about that. But I just remember thinking, how cool is that? The scare and then the whole rock star uh, mentality of it. Because I think In This Moment was playing in the background. And it was just like this rush. And the whole rest of the night, I kept thinking to myself, whatever that is, I want to figure it out. And I want to do that. And, um, you know, I pressed and pressed for that. Well, and then the next year, I actually went to the haunted house and uh, said, hey, can you guys hire me? Like, I want to do all this. And then... uh uh, basically just kept begging and be- bugging people to like, let me slide, let me slide. And, uh, I eventually found all my own gear. Um, you know, I, uh, just very minuscule at the beginning, uh, just basically just catcher's pads at the start and, uh, maybe some one eight sevens. And, um, during build and stuff, when we were at the haunt, um, I would slide to go get a tool and slide back. So they would kind of see like, okay, he's interested and he's practicing and eventually they, they let me try it out. And, uh, you know, from there basically just evolved, but, uh, that's how I got into it. So that's my story. Uh, Joseph, same question. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'll try to keep it as, as brief, but it's, it's, it's a long one, but, uh, I first started, um, sliding. It was my second year in Huntsville at a haunt named, uh, Disturbia around 2010 and I'd always been like a very energetic actor. And again, I'm a small guy, you know, um, my manager approached me and he was like, yeah, you're very bombastic and you got, you know, you're, you're, you're very energetic. Um, you know, would you like to, you know, try out sliding? It's, and do you know what that is? And I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> you know, it's from not scary farm. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was, the internet was still kind of in a weird infancy where most of everything you could see was just on YouTube. Um, he's like, all right, just look up, not scary farm. And, you know, trust me when you see it, you'll, you'll see how cool it is. Um, and the video I watched was just a very old, like newscast, mm. um, of, you know, this lady, what are sliders at a Halloween haunt? And you'd see, you know, this, this rink, this park, um, mm. with all these people sliding and practicing at. And I was like, whoa. And so the very next day I was like very excited. And my manager, <laughs> he's like, well, you know, here's what I got. Um, I'm from Texas and, you know, we slid on these Husky pads. You're getting my old pair and a pair of steel toe boots. And, uh, that's, that's what you're getting. I'll show you how to do this first slide. And, uh, that's what he did. And you know, I didn't even have gloves or anything my first year um, and I was sliding in the maze uh, at the time. And uh, I remember taking off for the first time and, and scaring somebody for the first time. It was just incredibly exhilarating. And, you know, me on my side of the country trying to figure out all this stuff. Cause I'd, I'd seen the gear, but I only really had like half of it. I wasn't even using the right pads. So I'd be on, MySpace and different forums, um, just looking up sliding, sliding gear. Well, how do I make this? And so it wouldn't be like till like my third or fourth year did I ever actually start making gloves. And they didn't spark. Sparking didn't come into into account until like oh 2015, like going to places like Netherworld and going to Netherworld for the first time. You know, it was like, whoa, it just it just blew my mind because they had this big hill and you'd see them sliding down it and just this giant trail of sparks. 
So it was, it was such a long time, like trying to like level up and figure out, you know, how, how do I do this? Um, and I, I just kept going with it. And eventually I went to warehouse 31 and I slid in their maze for, you know, I think about two or three years and had a good time doing that. And then eventually I would, I was like, I got to go out to the source and uh, I moved out to California and I, my first choice, um, was, uh, not scary farm, uh, because that's what I'd heard the most about. Uh, but my partner, Adrian, who moved out there with me, they're, they're like, nah, nah, there's something, there's something about this Queen Mary's dark Harbor that you, I, th- I think, I think we'd like, it. uh, I think it, w- it would fit. And so, you know, we auditioned and, um, we started working there. And again, you know, out in California, you really gotta, you gotta prove yourself. You got to, you really gotta earn it. And, uh, spent a lot of time, uh, practicing. It was a whole other world actually being there, not, you know, poking around on forums and, you know, getting little messages here and there, um, meeting all these people. I, I, I met Michael and, uh, I was at the show, um, uh, the 2017 uh, Sliders United, where it just brought sliders from all over Southern California. Mm-hmm. It was an incredible eye-opening experience. And I learned more than I, I think I ever could have. Um, <clears throat> it was just, uh, I, I, I got the whole gambit of uh, learning good techniques, safety and tricks. And uh, it was, it was very different. It was very different from like working at say Netherworld. Um, but, uh, it was great. And I, I took a lot of that back with me when I moved back to the South and, uh, I've, I've seen what seems like just parallel worlds between the sliding that you see on the, uh, you know, East coast versus West coast, uh, what Cody does, uh, it's, it's all just amazing to me, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's a long story short. It, uh, it <laughs> I I made a kind of like a big circle with it, but uh, yeah, that's that's how I came into sliding. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Jana. I want to again thank you for putting this together, and you're a member of a slider group on social media, and that's kind of how you came to invite all these folks here. Is there kind of like a little subculture of sliders? Do you guys all know each other? through either social media or, you know, especially the freelancers, you might work at this, haunt, <laughs> you might work at that haunt with the same people or, you know, um, or I, are you all I just will, a bunch of random strangers? <laughs> I, I will say this, me and uh, Joe, we always have this thing where we somehow we always meet up <laughs> times a year, um, either at conventions, other haunts, or we'll be guest acting together. So as far as, you know, on the east side, for some reason, we always just kind of hang out. We always just, you know, he was just here for Christmas, you know, in my backyard. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, of course, I, I think we all know each other pretty well. Todd, I've never actually got to meet you in person, but we've talked before and, uh, pretty fangirling right now, to be honest. <laughs> well, so. you know, what's fun. You know, what's funny is like, uh, with, all the different things going on. I'm always fascinated by the fact that you guys can work like multiple events. And like out here, it's like pretty tight. Like if you get in with a, if you go to knots, if you go to queen Mary, if you go to one of these big things, that's it, you're doing that one. And um, you can't really float from thing to thing very easily. It could be done, but it's, 
it's a lot harder. Um, and so, so that always fascinates me as, as you, uh, hearing you guys, oh, I'm doing this this week. No, I'm going to be over there next week. I would love to have done that. I think that would have been so cool to like spread this. Uh, it might have spread faster and sooner if, uh, if that was happening, because more people would have seen it and gone, Hey, I want to do that. Um, but, um, I just, I, I'm super jealous about that. I, I, I would love to have, uh, to have floated around and done that. I would love to be able to, I wish I had the wherewithal to just travel and go out and like, I'm just going to come out and work with those guys. That'd be cool. <laughs> and I mostly came across these two, the, uh, Cody and, and, uh, Joe, Joseph by, um, I've, I've started a small, uh, little YouTube page, um, that I call sliders recaps. And, uh, I wanted to build something that, you know, cause people have the questions like, well, what am I, how am I going to, how do I do that? You know, it's like now with the internet, you've got YouTube and you can find videos of these guys doing their thing, but you live in, I don't know, Tupelo, Mississippi. And you're like, well, I don't have any of that. I don't know how to do all that. So, so I, yeah. I've been trying to build videos of this is how you do it. You need to have this equipment and you need to do it this way or you will break. <laughs> like, don't be broken. Be better. <laughs> yeah, that's it's amazing. We have so many resources now that I I personally wish we had had, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it's become a, a great way to kind of connect us all just, you know, you know, being here, and even if we're not, you know, like just floating around being guest actors and uh, you know traveling haunters that's something relatively new in the last you know couple of years um i'm still kind of uh surprised i'm getting away with it <laughs> um, but it's 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 a lot of fun um and it's it's been great you know kind of bringing people together my question is when i mean I, th- I think a question I had is like, do you guys know a guy or can you just go in and go, I'm going to work this weekend and then I'm good. <laughs> oh, no, see, it's, it, it's, it definitely varies from haunt to haunt. I guess, uh, you know, I had started guest acting at Netherworld and they've always welcomed guest actors. And, you know, I, I had started to really kind of work a lot on my social media uh, just trying to, you know, brand myself as a traveling actor. And, you know, there are different haunts that uh, really enjoy that kind of thing. And the ones that do that, you know, they hire other kind of specialty acts like still walkers or um, uh, just different jugglers and things like that. It's it's gotten a lot more hmm. uh, in the past couple of years. Um, but, you know, I, I first started out just by reaching out. I was like, hey, you know, what would you think about me coming working with you guys? <laughs> um, and, you know, some haunts, you know, they are different. Uh, that's, that's why I loved, um, I loved Queen Mary's because uh, David Wally was very open to the idea of, you know, having others come, you know, just like the, the 2017 Sliders United show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, that was just a simple like, Hey, uh, you know, can, can we come out uh, <laughs> and scare? I think we, we came, we came out in 2019. Um, and we scared for a weekend and, uh, it just kind of built off of that. You know, people, haunt owners will message me on Instagram and ask me for different things. And then sometimes I do do like, you know, sometimes it's performing, sometimes it is teaching, you know, uh, 
Jonna, we, you know, she asked me at Transworld, um, you know, could I teach uh, some of their sliders out in Arkansas? So, you know, I went out and did that. And then that same year, I also taught sliding at Mad World, which is uh, South Carolina. So I, I, you know, I kind of marketed myself as just this teacher and uh, entertainer. And it's, it's picked up with, you know, with other groups. There's a, a group in Chicago named uh, Svenpus. They don't slide or anything, but they have a very unique act and they, they travel, they travel. So it's, again, it's, it's very new, but it's, it's cool. <laughs> I didn't think it's, it's uh, had that much pavement. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy thinking about it. Um, as far as like, as Todd would say, the, the information, because I remember, I mean, I, I either feel like I was either 20 years older or 20 years younger for learning all of this because like when I wanted to slide, like the only information that we had back then was a website called monster space. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but that was a monster created website. Yeah, that was where, Ted. Yeah, that was Ted. It was, yeah. it was, it was just a historical site. It was like, here's, here's all and, this stuff. You know, it was like crazy because like everybody had their pro, their, their profiles and it was their hot profiles and mm-hmm. you could talk and chat amongst them, basically similar to MySpace, but just the monster. Mm-hmm. And when I messaged a couple people, like there wasn't, there, the YouTube back then wasn't even developed yet, or I don't even think it was even running back then Mm -hmm. and in order to slide you kind of had it was like this weird like secret society thing and you you went to this one random park and you could either pay five dollars to watch or pay ten dollars to slide or learn how to really wow yeah i didn't didn't know yeah whoa (laughs) okay Hmm. And, you know, we, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have groups, we didn't have Instagram, you know, like, I feel kind of like weirdly old when I say this. And it's like, I wanted, I didn't want to waste money and watch. So I decided to use $10 and try to learn from all of these cats. And, you know, there wasn't even like a tutorial. It was just kind of like this one dude literally was like, you want to learn? And he puts his huge hand on my back and he I have like my society thing you buy this gear you buy that gear about maybe uh $112 later and um <laughs> you know some duct tape and zip ties someone is you on the back and was like you're falling you're gonna fall keep your hands in front of your face you know <laughs> and now, true haunting like, baptism by fire yeah, totally. Yeah, the, wait, okay, so so there was a there was a uh documentary that um Season of Screams, I don't know if you guys have watched that. It's on YouTube. Um Season of Screams was a documentary they made in 1999 uh a couple guys who worked haunt and then got together with some filmmakers of some kind and they made this documentary and they had this woman who was like the host of the show and she did all this anyway, it was all scripted out. And anyway, so they went, but they went from like day one of Knott's Halloween hunt. Like, how did it, how was, what was the first thing? And they interviewed all these people that were there that came up with the idea and started it. And so it, it came all the way up and then it got to the point where it was kind of now at the time. And they wanted to interview current 
monsters and like what their thing was and whatever. And so they brought me in. And the funny part was, is uh, they wanted me to explain like what it was, but they didn't want me to over explain it. They're like, don't get crazy and say everything because knots had like this stranglehold on it. It's like, this is our thing. This is the knots thing. Knots does sliding. No one else does that. We, it's ours. We own it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I, I own it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were like trying to be super secretive with it. Like we didn't want other people at other haunts to do it. It's just gonna, it's just gonna be ours. Rah, rah, rah. And I, I, I didn't care, but, but, uh, but they were like really stuffy about that for a while. And then eventually it was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like you can't, you can't, uh, well, people are always like, you should patent that. You should totally patent that. And I'm like, I, I, I can't. It's like, you can't patent surfing. You can't, you can't patent flying. You can patent a plane. You can patent a, a you know, a, a, you know a, something like that. But like the actual act of doing it, I, you can't say that's mine. You can't have it. Um, so, so it's been a kind of a weird world. So that was a, that was a strange, that was a, str- it was a strange place there for a while. They were really super kind of creepy about it, but then eventually somebody just went, eh, whatever. Everybody just do it. It doesn't matter. I want to remind all of you, you're listening to the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We are talking sliders with Todd Stubbler, Joseph Bodkin, Michael Avon, Cody Wright, all our co-hosts. We're going to take a very short break, and we will be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers. Where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back for the Round Table of Terror. We are sliding around everything topic-wise. We are talking sliders with Cody Wright, Michael Avon, Joseph Bodkin, Todd Stubbler, a.k.a. Scrap Sparrow Pongo and T, or Slider Jesus, however you want to call it. And uh, we've been talking a lot of really cool stuff. Jonna, I know off while we were on break, you had a question. I wanted to talk to them about these iconic characters that they have created. Um, and the videos that you guys are producing on TikTok and YouTube um, and Facebook, you know, with your characters is just great. Where do you guys get the inspiration for those? I think Joseph should go first. He has the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so uh, my main character that I've been taking along for a while now is Pongo. Um, he's a trickster-like character, kind of a, I don't know. I, I, I wanted something that, you know, that was kind of um, old style kind of clowny, kind of just uh, mischievous sort of character. And I'm always inspired by, you know, old movies. Uh, I, I love, like, The Gremlins. The Gremlins was a big inspiration for me. Um, I love some old 80s metal. So I like things like, you know, King Diamond and uh, stuff like that, like Alice Cooper and just kind of the the makeup kind of really turned into something that was um, – 
clowny, but also very gritty um, and metal kind of like. Um, and he's been the main character that I've taken along with me for several years now. He's a lot of fun. Um, I wanted something because, you know, you're out there for so long. I, I wanted a way that, you know, I could scare people, but also be goofy and be funny, be kind of a comedian about it. Because, uh, you know, these crowds, you know, you, you scare them once, you know, with a quick slide. And then, you know, what else, what else do you do? So I, I wanted something that I could really be moldable, if that, may, if that makes sense. And sliding has been like a great accessory to that. And that character came about, oh, around 2015, 2016, while I was at Warehouse 31. I've changed him up, you know, here and there, uh, mostly for functionality. I've, I've kept his design and everything pretty simple. But um, in that, other characters have come about. Um, some uh, that don't slide. Uh, I got Mr. Nope, which is a big uh, lumbering cryptid kind of character. Which is, I think that's my favorite. I love that one. <laughs> he's been an absolute hoot. You know, I, I, I knew I, you know, cause some haunts were going to be open in, uh, 2020, you know, for the, uh, and like there was all these restrictions and stuff with the pandemic. And I wanted something that I could just be visually striking. Um, and Mr. Nope, has got these big shoulders and a big, uh, crazy grin. Um, and, uh, it also kind of came about the, the mask. I have, you know, several masked characters and they're all made by, uh, uh, this company called Inferno effects. They're out of uh, Southern California and I love his mask design and it's always inspired me. So I started, you know, kind of having a handful of characters. I got Mr. Nope. I got Pongo. I have the hunter, which is a gun slinging, um, demon character, very West, very, uh, ghost town inspired. You know, very, that, that was kind of like one of my funky odes to, uh, not scary farm. I, I wanted a Western character. Um, and I have gobs, which is a goblin character, which that was inspired by Stephen King's cat's eye. Uh, I wanted something that was really gremlin-y. And, uh, my most recent character that I created was a, a vampire character named the boogeyman, which he's very, 1970s um austin powers groovy and uh i've been getting into the habit of you know not not just relying on pongo but you know making all these characters and trying to take them out uh it's very interesting to see um how the crowd reacts to different characters when you're playing different ones um it's just fascinating some people are absolutely terrified of pongo some people just love Pongo. They're not scared of him at all. Uh, there are some people who think Mr. Nope is cute um, and like want to pet him like he's like he's a cute dog or something. And then there's people who will not get anywhere near him ever. Uh, they'll be like, hey, can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? And I'll just stand there and I'll wait for him. And then they get too scared. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been very interesting. And uh I, I've, I've learned a lot by making these different characters and but yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit of insight to some of my characters. Maybe you talk about yours. I'm sorry, who? Yeah. T- Cody, talk about yours. Oh, hi. Yes. Okay. Um, I just have two characters. Um, I just have uh, like, I, like I mentioned uh, scraps and um, conflict. 
Um, Scraps was uh, my first real uh, character. <clears throat> and it was uh, the story behind it was we were going to do a, all the Q-line actors were going to do a post-apocalyptic uh, scenario. So to kind of base your character on that when developing it. So as it turns out, I was actually the only one that followed those roles and came out with that kind of style character. So, um, yeah, I, the reason when developing a character, um, I believe there should be reason methods of, of why it does certain things. And, um, you know, obviously I had to come up with a reason of, you know, why does it slide? Why does it spark? Why does his eyes the way it is? Stuff of that nature. So it was a uh, very post-apocalyptic, agile, and, you know, that survival state, um, very Mad Max style. Um, that That's kind of the basis of the character. Now, acting-wise, um, I actually take a lot of inspiration from um, uh, Jack Sparrow uh, for that character, Scraps. Uh, very sun-bleached, very confused uh a very just a, a unapproachable, desperate style um, that that leaves opportunities open for you know some sliding or spark is, sparks um, things of that nature and just a general entertainment. I suppose I throw in the German language every once in a while. Uh, people either love or are horrified of that. And uh, the second character was conflict that started as a um, TikTok uh, character. Um, the idea in my head was just, I, Scraps was this, this very hunter, uh, stalker style. Um, but I wanted this brute, like, madness character, if that makes any sense. Um, uh, Scraps is very, I guess, docile. And, uh, I just wanted this character that just, like, overpowers, you know, just a different style. And, um, I, uh, hence conflict came out, uh, kind of, you know, it's in the name too. It's just this angry person, demon, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. it. It yells a lot more when sliding and such of that nature. So, um, but, but uh, yeah, th- those are my two. Nothing too fancy. What is your what is your character Sparrow, Mike? Uh, well, right now, I mean, if the queen ever comes back, then I would love to bring uh, Sparrow back uh, to the light again, or the dark. Um, I remember about, it was uh, my second year when I got streets at at, uh, Queen Mary's Dark Harbor. And it was the first time um, David Wally was, David Wally and their, uh, their wardrobe team they were like, all right, um, you have streets and now it's time to develop a character. And I always seek my inspiration from people that I knew and parts and places that worked with them. And I always wanted to kind of like use kind of like their flavor and recreate it to something new. So a lot of mine was uh, basically meets Hunter S. Thompson. And if all three of them had a love child <laughs> um, from it, um, and we also had to have background um, stories to it. So my character per se, because it involves the ship, um, um, 
Oh yeah, I got locked in the the cabin and was set free once I got to the mainland. Mm. Todd, do you so you're not doing any sliding now? Uh, well, I mean, for like for these videos and stuff, I don't really have a haunt per se that I'm currently pursuing. Um, I've got a uh, I hit a point with haunt where I had a full time job, so <laughs> it was like do one or the other, and I I unfortunately had to. Uh, uh, stick to the full-time gig, but, um, uh, but I have stepped in from time to time and, uh, you know, with some information and, and whatnot. And I kind of was starting with the, that decay, decay brigade group. I started with them and then they sort of branched off on their own. And then, uh, I, uh, I did the, the slider, uh, oh my gosh, it just fell out of my head. The, um, where we all came together at the Queen Mary. Uh, I worked there one season where I did that the thing that Joseph probably came to. Um, Slider United. Slider yeah. Night. Yeah, I actually did that. And uh, that was kind of fun. So they wanted to try and pull people in. And one of the guys that works over there, um, uh, several of the guys that work over there are former Knots people that went over to the Queen Mary. Um, that they were a little, little uh, Knots, you know, Knots got a little rulesy <laughs> with how things were done and and uh you know when i first started doing this whole thing um bad pun but knots was really the old west it was just sort of like you just kind of did whatever you wanted it was just you know you'd go out and you'd do something and it would either catch on and be cool or people would go yeah let's not do that um and so you know for like a character for me like i was always just known as slider but but uh i didn't really have a whole lot of character i had <laughs> Uh, first started working there, it was literally a box of masks and they're like, get a mask, reach in there. And you would just reach in and grab whatever. And, uh, um, then when I got makeup, when I went to ghost town, they give you the prosthetic makeup and they put that on you. They have people that professional makeup artists that come in and do all that. And that was really cool. And, um, but again, it was like, your face is this. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> which I think was labeled like ape face number two or something like that. It was just random. It didn't have a character name. It didn't have anything. So I didn't really know what to call. I didn't really call myself anything per se until they started saying the word slider. So I was like, okay, I'll be that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I wish I had a better story. <laughs> don't, don't you think that um, because you are so close to the guest um, and you're sliding Mm-hmm. literally right up in their face that having a character is important, uh, making sure your makeup and your, your oh, yeah. oh, costume no, yeah. and they, your bursan and everything is, is on point. Yeah. Um, they Well, well, not still does a really great job. They bring in a team of professional makeup artists that sit there and you sit in a makeup chair for 45 minutes to an hour and they, they do it all up. And um, Queen Mary has that too. Um, it, it's, it's, they have a lot of makeup artists that come in. Some of it's a little faster than others because some of it they've just got to, they got to, you know, get you in, get you out. Uh, for, well, for someone like myself who doesn't really have this big character or whatever, you know, when I went and did that one night, they said, well, we'll do some makeup for you. I was like, okay. And it was literally just kind of like, there you go. Good luck. Um, but you know, they don't know me and I didn't really have any character to say, make me a double, I don't know, or whatever the, you know, face was I was supposed to be. Um, but, uh, uh, that was kind of freeing in a way, cause I could kind of do whatever I wanted, but, but I feel like with today's haunts, especially like, uh, having a solid character that you can take around and, 
um, go from place to place is just gold. I mean, all this stuff that Joseph does and like separating each one of these characters out and giving it its own personality. I think that's awesome. I think that's amazing. I, I wish I had had that opportunity. I'm, I'm not creative in that way. I didn't really have the creative brain to come up with uh, crazy makeup or uh, character realizations in that way. I just came up with this uh, just way to go. Boo. Uh, better. <laughs> And we like, don't we? (laughs) I still do. I would, I would work, I would still work places if I, if I could find the time, but you know, I family and job and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's hard unless you're. Don't don't you hate it when adulting gets in the way of our fun? Oh, 100%. I mean, I always, I've told my wife numerous times, I said, you know, if, if we ever manage to win the lottery for whatever reason, and money is not really a drama, then I will work in October. And that's it. <laughs> oh, I, I say all the time, my three-hour-a-week job pays for me to play Haunter mm-hmm. in October. You know? Well, we always um, used to say working Haunt was like paying the the Haunt. The money we made from Halloween Haunt paid for the gear. So that's yeah. Uh, we would just blow it all on that. <laughs> Storm, I think gear. you had a question, Yin Yin. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good lead-in with the gear. You know, the the neat thing with tonight's conversation is how much, you know, sliding has had to evolve and experimentation. And, you know, a lot of sliding, you know, I've seen and stuff, it's really cool. But you always get that one guy at your haunt who's like your uh, drywall stilt actor, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to try sliding on my stilts. And you're like, all right, take the Paps Blue Ribbon away from him, and, uh, (laughs) you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how you're doing tomorrow. But for you guys, you've had to experiment to do this. What are some of the failed sliding experiments you've had? Oh, my God. I, I, I got to tell you two stories, two, two quick stories. We had one guy that came in, uh, well, kind of three. They had one guy who, who ended up getting the street name Voltron because he came in with huge chunks of plastic that he was just gluing all over his elbows and hands and feet and everything. And he looked like he was going to turn into a car, like fold up into a car. (laughs) And, but he would slide around, but he didn't know how to glue them on. So he used some cheap Elmer's glue or something. And they were always falling off and skittering everywhere. We're like, way to go Voltron. Um, That was a disaster. My, my personal, one of my personal favorites (laughs) was a guy who took, uh, okay. In school, they have those cheap plastic chairs that has the plastic seat and then it's got the metal legs. And on the bottom of those metal legs, there's little metal feet. Um, oh, yeah. As, as a podcaster, I'm familiar. I've broken many of them. <laughs> he, he worked at a school and he as a custodian or something, but he pulled a bunch of those little metal round pieces or cut them off one or, one or the other and somehow or another mounted them to the bottom of his shoes convinced he could use that to slide standing up like he would like run on it and then stop running and he would just slide standing up and broke himself way bad it was just it was just like he tried it a couple times but the first time he tried running on him like they would break off like he'd start running and they would just snap off and fly away and then he like twisted his ankle really bad he's like ha ha and his ankle like rolled under him and he's like oh and then he was done so that guy was one of my favorites. The other favorite was a guy who was convinced that it wasn't about like the noise and whatever. It's like distance or whatever. So he brought in skateboard trucks 
He brought in just just not the board, just the wheels from skateboard wheels, uh, the metal trucks, and he tried to mount them on his <laughs> knee pads so that he could go like really far. Like I'll run and I'll roll on the knees and I'll do my hands. And he built them, and all of us were like, "Whatever you do, please make sure we are present when you try this." <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see it. And so he's like, okay, whatever. So he's sitting there and he's hot gluing and I don't even know how he stuck them on, but he got them on and he's like, okay, here we go. And we're like, let's try this backstage first. Let's try this back here and then we'll see what happens. And he went out and he hit the ground. And as soon as he hit the ground, both wheels just folded underneath him and broke off. And he just like face planted on the ground super hard <laughs> and left this scrape on his face. And we were, and of course, all of us were like, yeah, way to go, bro. Uh, <laughs> then, Good news. You don't need makeup tonight. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And what's funny was he came back then, uh, was it the next day? It was either the next day or the next week. And he came back with roller skate wheels. And he's like, whoa, that was because it was only two wheels. It's like, this is four wheels. It's got more support. And he's gluing them on or whatever. And he's sitting there like doing all this stuff. And two managers walked by and just looked at him and just literally just went, no and walked away <laughs> like, oh you never, you never even got to try him out we were like oh let him at least try it it was like yeah you gotta me. love the dedication man <laughs> that was my favorite i love that guy i don't remember i don't even remember his name but i was just like oh you're you're going oh, to well for something you know i, I that's, that's that's really funny i no, i it, it makes me feel i don't feel alone in trying <laughs> weird shit uh <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the gear and trying to, you know, slide on different things, um, when, when I was in the South, you know, at Warehouse 31, the ground was just terrible and I still slide on terrible ground, but you know, we'd be going through recaps after recaps, just burning holes into these pads and these skate pads, especially now are really expensive. So, you know, if you're going to like take up sliding, you got to like, this is an investment. Um, <laughs> so the stuff that I tried, you know, the, the caps that I had just weren't cutting it. Um, so I started making them. I made them out of all kinds of stupid crap. I'd make it out of like PVC pipe, uh, which would look really funny. Uh, back then we called them the, the toast pads. I made them for like everybody who was sliding in warehouse, warehouse 31. They'd be white and square looking and they just look like a piece of like, white toast or bread or something that you were sliding on. <laughs> you can see them in some of my earlier videos and they look absolutely ridiculous. And I would cut up cutting board and slide on that, which has worked out in, in some respects for like, you know, hand pucks and things. But uh, it took a while to figure out, you know, what you could do with plastic and, you know, how you could make recaps. And, and then it gets even more crazy when, uh, this fella from Michigan comes along, uh, <laughs> good old Cody here is like, well, <laughs> what if we made everything spark? <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel bad uh, about trying out new different things. Sometimes it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I guess the point is you don't want it to stick. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget the time I was working. Not as a slider. We had sliders and we had creepers. Creepers were just, you know, we were given free reign of the park. And I was working this one area with a slider who was, I was normally the distraction and he was the scare. But there was these teenagers that were 
messing with them, you know, you ain't scary, whatever. And finally he had enough and he just took off running and a couple of them were chasing him and he went down on his knees to scare somebody. And one of the dudes looked like, you know, I can do that. And he went down on his knees as a customer early October in North Carolina. It's still pretty warm. So he had shorts on and probably went about, oh, six inches before face planting. And boy, when the paramedics got to him, you know, if, if he hadn't, if he had wanted a job, he could have gotten one right there with, like you said before, no makeup. (laughs) He left, he left a lot of blood on the asphalt there. And, you know, kids don't try this at home unless you have proper gear. And, uh, (laughs) speaking of proper gear. Yeah, there would be kid. There would be kids uh, on certain nights that would just see it, and they're like, "Oh, I'll do that!" And they would immediately dive on the ground. I'm like, "I don't." Uh, uh, too no. <laughs> and, and speaking of essential gear, you know, it's all about safety these days. And like you know, we've said the technology has improved so much from the day of tin cans and PVC pipes. Mm-hmm. What are basically the essential gear? If I'm an aspiring actor that wants to try sliding at my haunt. I, I know there are probably stores out there where you can buy slider gloves and slider pads and, you know, know or experiment. Store, I yeah, I don't know but about not, stores. Not, not say yeah. store, like, in, like Etsy store or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know somebody mm-hmm. that builds props, that builds gloves for people and stuff. But what do you absolutely must have if you're going to attempt to be a good slider or even I, a bad slider? I, I, think, <laughs> I think the essential, you know, just the basic setup you should have is a pair of really good knee pads to start out with. Um, the Scabs brand or the Killer 187s Derby pads. Um, top tier, spend as much money uh, on them as you can because, you know, it, it all revolves around the knees. You know, you, you want to save your knees. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't told this. I was, I was on really crappy knee pads when I first started out. So, you know, getting knee pads, either buying a pair of clacker gloves or learning how to make them yourself, um, and a pair of steel toe boots, or you take the steel toes out of a pair of boots and put them on a pair of sneakers with some glue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the basic setup. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much been it from day one. We've got, um, you know, that first thing that I built, you know, the, the metal I used for the fingertips was actually, um, like plumber's tape. I don't know if you know what that is or strapping tape. It's a metal strip with holes in it. And I would bend it, bend it into a finger tip shape. Cause I wanted something that I could take off when it wore out. Cause it's going to wear out. I wanted to be able to take it off and throw it away and make another one and stick a new one on, which I would put on with hot glue. And, um, and one of my favorite stories is going into a ACE hardware and this gentleman comes over and he says, can I can help you. And I was like, yeah, I want to know what kind of glue I need to use to glue metal metal pieces onto a leather glove. And he just <laughs> stared at me for a long time. And he's like, for what? <laughs> like, kind of weirdo are you? And I'm like, uh, Southern California. How weird I'm like, it be? Eh, it's a Halloween thing. I'm going to scare people. I eh, forget it. Never mind. I'll just figure it out. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I came up with the, yeah, they had the metal cause I wanted to get that metal scraping on the ground sound. And then, uh, yeah, knee pads, the first ones I had, I had to make cause you couldn't buy them. They didn't have them until Tony Hawk appeared 
Tony Hawk in the early 90s showed up and then everyone skateboard again. It's like we went 70s and then the 80s and not so much. And then the 90s, holy crap, everybody skateboard. So they reopened all the skate parks and stuff. So that stuff started showing up. And and um, yeah, knee pads, you can buy multiple different kinds at you know, a hardware store. But it's it's all about like the recaps that he's talking about, those plastic caps that you stick on top. You can use a lower end brand, but... Um, uh, for me, an essential um, that has my knees work very well to this day uh, was what we call gaskets. Um, a gasket is a uh, like a knee brace, if you will. It's kind of like a you can use a stretchy one or you can get mine's like a neoprene. It's like almost a knee brace. It's like a neoprene knee brace, but it has like a, it literally has a pad on the top of it. So it's like a knee pad under my knee pad. And so that has saved me miles on my knees, I'm sure. Um, and then, uh, and it, it's got like metal brads on the side that kind of brace my knees, if you will. I didn't really necessarily need that because my knees were fine, but they're still fine. And I appreciate that <laughs> to this day. And then like he was saying with the steel toed shoes, you know, at first people would literally just buy a piece, uh, buy a pair of steel toe boots and take a, uh, well, they would like slide on them until the leather just wore off until the steel like would touch the ground. But then people started taking like, uh, not razor blades, but like a, a exacto knife or something. And they would cut the leather off of it. And then just so that the metal was exposed and be able to use that to kind of scrape. Um, but that can be expensive. Um, so people started ordering. We have a couple of guys that work at knots that are still affiliated with it and they'll go out and buy like a box of just they'll order a box of steel toes from a shoe company and we'll sell those off a few at a, you know, a couple of, a couple at a time for guys. And then you, you have to kind of augment it to make it, but they'll, like you said, they'll glue them onto the top of sneakers or something comfortable that you can run around in and not break yourself. Um, so. Can I, can I interrupt real, real yeah. quick on that one? Yeah, go. Yeah. Um, now, see, that's another thing, too, about, you know, uh, West Coast versus East Coast. Uh, sure. Out here, a lot of people, they just use boots or mm-hmm. big shoes. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, too, out in the California area. It really is. You guys are talking about taking the steel toes out of boots. Right. Now, what I do is I, I use the turbo toes, you know, and they're they're much, much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually have a steel toe on top of a steel toe. Hmm. Um, that's what happens a lot. You know what I mean? Um, it's not that I actually need it, but like the things that I get are so much bigger. Um, I have noticed out in California, most people are just wearing vans and converse. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? That to me, that's just, I, I I don't know if I could do that. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible. They'll be at chat Chapman sports park in shorts, Mm -hmm. the sun's shining and it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's sneakers. It's, it's sneakers that, you know, none of us were ever trained that way. We were trained with like these big boots and everything. Uh, yeah. but, but for their purposes, you know, they, they did a lot of the trick sliding. Yeah. So being able to hop over people and being really nimble, you know, yeah, the weight, the weight, the weight definitely comes into play there if you're doing tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, what's in, you know, here's the funny part is the very first time I started sliding. So at knots, when I started there, uh, there were no specialty character. Well, there was a couple, but not very many specialty characters. There was just cowboys. Everybody was a dead cowboy. Everyone. So, <laughs> so that's all you had. So we're over in Camp Snoopy dressed as dead cowboys. 
I don't get it, but whatever. Um, so, uh, so everybody's a dead cowboy. So everybody wore a plaid shirt and jeans and cowboy boots, literal cowboy boots that were in a huge box. And you would fish through this box, A, hoping to find a pair and B, hoping they were remotely near your size. And that was just disaster. But I remember sliding in those things and scraping them along the ground. They didn't make any noise, obviously, but scraping the leather wore all the way through and through the boot, through my sock and through my foot to my foot was literally scraping on the ground. I'm like, yeah, this, this, this can't be, I, there's gotta be a better way. I got, I got to, I got to fix it. I got the gloves. I got the knee pads. I got to fix the shoes, but they were really adamant about the look. Like it has to look like a cowboy. So some people started wearing like army boots. Um, uh, and that kind of hit the middle. Everybody was like, oh, okay, I guess that's pretty close. So they kind of let that ride. And then, uh, and then it just, after that, there were a lot of specialty characters came out that wore these shoes. But once we get to today, people are, it's more about like the comfort and the weight, you know, it's just like, they're just sticking them on to, like you said, just vans. You just take a pair of vans and stick a metal toe on there and you're good. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess people aren't really looking at your feet is their (laughs) assumption. It's like only checking you out from from the knees up pretty much. What about the Pharaoh rods and things that you use for sparks? Where do you guys get those in? What do you recommend on those? Those, you know, so so the big thing when it came to the the first time uh, sliders were sparking, like with their hands and stuff, I saw it at Netherworld. And again, there was a secretiveness about it. They're like, well, I don't want you looking at my hands. You know, I don't (laughs) want you to know what it it is because, you know, that's what we do. But eventually I got a good look at it. And um, it was the Razor Spark Replacement pucks that for for the scooters yeah uh they use those for years or tail devils which you would put you could screw on the back of a skateboard uh Mm -hmm. tail devils aren't made anymore it's getting Mm -hmm. harder to find the uh razor spark uh scooter replacements so there are ferro rods um you can buy a huge pack of them and we just started sticking them on our gloves uh you know i i make special pucks using them uh Cody has made all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's made pucks that uh, you can stick to your knee pad um, mm. and make your knee pads spark. And I made my own version of it. it it's gotten really crazy, uh, but it was it was something that was like a Midwestern thing for a little while because mm-hmm. there was these different kinds of knee pads uh, that I hadn't seen before. They're the rocker pads. They look like something out of an alien movie. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Um, and Cody, you know, you, you, you can shed some light on that. Cody's done a lot to, uh, uh, when using the ferro rods and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, the rocker pads are pretty much all I wear now. And, um, either that or actually, uh, 187s with, uh, your recaps, uh, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember coming out with those rocker pads and, uh, other sliders making fun of me basically. And they were like, that's <laughs> never going to work. You're going to blow through those. And now that's, I, I see everyone wear them. A lot, a lot of people in the Midwest out here. Um, the sparker thing for me, what happened is, um, early on, I of course was looking for all the videos on YouTube and some, it was kind of scarce. And like everyone's saying, it's not real accessible at the time. And, um, I, I saw one video in particular and I think it was Art Dracula and, um, he did, uh, quite a bit of sparking and, um, I, I just went from there, like, 
how can I do that? And how can I do more of that? And I just became obsessed with it. So yes, like Joseph was just saying, uh, I basically ordered a whole lot of ferro rod or mish metal and did my whole lot of research on it, did a whole lot of trial and error. I remember once my GM at the time, I had made something for my heel and I actually still have that. And that was some big motivation for me. He looked at it and he said, that's never going to work. And I basically was like, well, F you, I'm going to make it work. And I did. And since then, it's just, it's been this obsession that to how like much on fire can we make ourselves? Um, since then, I've toned it down quite a bit. Um, there's no reason to really, you know, just, I started getting to the point where it was almost dangerous a little bit. And, um, you know, I, so I, I toned it down a little bit. The big problem is now that I've noticed and I know a lot of other hunters and sliders have noticed, and there's been a huge ongoing thing about it is that everybody sparks. Now everybody is just a human firefly. Everyone's a human, you know, glow fly running around. You see, I knew though. I knew. I remember talking to you that day. It's like, once you share this, once you share this, everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to want to do it. I remember that. Yes. And here we are. Everybody wants to spark now. If they didn't want to be a slider before, they want to be one now. So just because, like, look, they're half on fire. Okay. Okay. So we see it all as, you know, now everyone's sparking. We know what sliders are and everything, but the average person going to a haunted house has never seen it before. That's, that's, true. Who, that's, that's true. who our audience is. So if every single slider starts sparking now, that's fine because mm-hmm. the audience is still yeah. who we're going for. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I had a question though. What are, sorry. Oh. What are the feral rods made for like in real life? <clears throat> Excuse oh, me. Uh, they're, camp- they're camping materials. Yes. Oh, really? oh, for like making a fire? Yeah, they're yeah, making a fire. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Don't you watch like, Naked and Afraid? Come on, Todd. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, I don't. Sorry. I, I watched Survivor. Do they have it on that? I don't know. No. <laughs> I remember um, Transworld, you, you I want to say about about 2011 or so, I think that was the year, might have been 2012, I guest acted at the darkness during Transworld, and I told the owner that uh, I slid, and he said, bring your sliding gear. I was like, okay. So I all got all slid up and everything, and he says, do you need to spark? I was like, uh, sure, because at this point, I did not spark. And he had this huge box of gloves and I reached in, pulled out a pair, and they literally had blocks of, I believe, magnesium riveted to the gloves. Yeah, and ghost ride, ghost ride gloves. Is that what they were? I don't That's know. That's what but they are. Could, That's what Larry gave just, you. <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. I mean, you could literally just scrape the side of the brick, and mm-hmm. they, you just leave a trail. And, and I hate the fact that I had to give those back. All the people who slid had to give them back. We are like, oh, no. Oh, how do we do this? So <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to Ghost Ride at the uh, show this year. Interesting. Uh-huh. But those were amazing. Hmm. And I don't know if that's comparable to a ferro rod or not, but because I've never used one, but those. Yeah, were they're, awesome. they're, they're very, they're very comparable. You know, they come in different sizes and you can double up on them. You know, I've, I've made them to where they are. They're reminiscent of longboard pucks and they have hmm. like, you know, about four or five of them. And I've also made them, I've made them look very close to ghost ride the, the puck right, right here on the palm. But yeah, they're, 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 
the ones that Ghost Ride use, they're still very tight lipped on, um, but they uh, they do they do rivet uh, the piece of uh, the, the element, the sparking element, as they call. It. They rivet there, and they have one on the palm. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty advanced. Well, anybody from <laughs> Ghost Ride that's listening, bring some to the show because I'm going to take a look. So, uh, Ghost Ride is a place or a person? No, it's a it's a company. It's a oh. it's a website. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be vending at Transworld, I believe. All so right. looking at the clock here, you know, we've been doing this a little over an hour and, um, you know, we could probably go all night, but are there any final questions from the hosts or anything like Question. that as we start to go ahead? Um, speaking of Transworld coming up, are you guys going to be doing any kind of gathering of sliders to, to play around one evening or is there anything planned like that? Well, uh, usually, um, you know, there's, you know, there's usually a, a meetup of some sort. Um, I know that uh, me and Cody will probably do something fun, you know, like we did last time. And uh, some of the other uh, some of the other fun Chicago haunt folks, because um, so many of the Chicago sliders like to come out. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably think of something maybe to be announced. <laughs> I want an invite. OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go. I'd love to. I've I've heard about it so much. I've never been able to go there. I would love to go there. That'd be awesome. Oh my god! I think yeah. I, I think perhaps the best thing that we could do is probably hit up Bryce from the darkness again and uh, maybe use his lot and uh, you know because you know it was fun the last time we were there and it was kind of secluded and safe and easy. <laughs> god, can you imagine the footage? <laughs> I know, right? It'd be fun. Yeah, It'd be cool. That'd <laughs> be awesome. I just no. know um, right now, uh, currently, like it's it's kind of hard to do things with uh, with COVID, you know, mm-hmm. coming going in um, as far as with like a lot of, a lot of numbers of people. Mm-hmm. I know the the group that I'm affiliated with, the QM Sliders. Um, we've been kind of on a little bit on like, you know, the sidelines, like kind of like watching things, seeing how things are going to go. Should we do this? Should we do that? We've been slowly just now kind of going into like social gatherings and showing up here and there. Um, but we've been, you know, depending on the situation or the place, we've been modifying our looks with a uh, mask too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know in a couple in two Saturdays we have a, a big story films event where it's a, a big photography event over by the I believe the Sepulveda Dam hmm. and a lot of people are invited in a lot of uh, other groups of uh, sliders like West Coast sliders um, I know we would like to go out to you know possibly you know like near uh, Pongo's area at least some of us from the team you know, and, and I would like to personally meet Slider Jesus, like, right there, because, <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan as well. Yeah, well, I'd definitely love to have uh, you guys come out. It's been a long time. Uh, the QM Sliders is a, is a great group, and they, you know, they've been doing uh, shows at Queen Mary's for, for many years. And they, you know, like, like Decay Brigade and everything, they bring uh, their own special flavor and stuff uh, to sliding. It's it's really cool. They and uh, it's it's funny you mention, you know, they do a bunch of video stuff with um, the videographer out there, Jay Paz, who does story films. Um, 
they they have some great stuff uh you know of a lot, a lot of the the members and stuff and there's been different lineups over the years but it's it's been really cool watching it as we start to wind this down let's get one absolute best scare story from all the sliders <laughs> who 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 made, who made a leg shaker who made a wet pants who made a you know big strong ex marine just cry like a baby um let's start with uh joseph have you had what's your greatest scare that you will always remember as a slider oh boy uh well i i I guess i could think of one um the funny thing about uh queen mary's dark harbor is uh you know they had a lot of bars and so there's a lot of lot of drinking there's everybody all these guests would have just drinks you know We'd, they'd have beer tokens and everything. So uh, a lot of the times um, they'd be walking around with like two full cups, you know, of beer mm. or whatever. So <laughs> scaring people like that and uh, doing just like a one good slide and watching these people just throw their drinks everywhere or get wet or just ridiculously dramatic reactions mm-hmm. um that's, that's probably one of my favorites and of course you know uh if you get them really good and they're still really scared and you get a chance to chase them and you're just kind of like on this merry-go-round <laughs> <laughs> you, you go through the full spectrum of oh they got a big startle but now they're like they have this dread from you you know uh i, I like getting people to that point um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all, you know, in good fun, playful, uh, mischievousness, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> How about you, Michael? What's a, uh, what's a best scare that you've ever had as a slider? Oh man. I mean, as, uh, as Todd would know, uh, there's a area called fog alley mm. and that's oh, basically yeah. the, the entrance. Yeah. <laughs> it's the entrance to Fog Alley, and uh, it's basically kind of like, a, man, how do I, how do I, it's, uh, it's like you're going into the Thunderdome, and that's the entrance. And um, I remember kind of like a, a guy, he got really scared. I did the slide down Fog Alley, and he thought that because um, there's a hidden bathroom in the the right corner and someone left a a light on so there was like a illuminating uh i guess like a rectangle in the distance and he saw like that was a clear alleyway to go through what he did not see was the door that every once in a while opens and closes. the door happened to be closed and the dude was running i have no idea but to me it looked like about 10 miles per hour and slams (laughs) right into that that uh door and it's not just a door it's like a door that's covered with like siding that looks like wood so it's mm. like it's a secret door type thing he slams into it he kind of convulses on the ground so he's like he's scared knocked out and they had to they had to uh turn on some of the lights and they had to like turn on the, some of the effects and i had to get that guy ambulanced out and a lot of people thought i killed the person but no i didn't kill the person the person was alive and well he was okay (laughs) (laughs) like i was laughing so hard like i broke character i was just 
I, I think I might have piddled my pants too as I was laughing and a few people <laughs> a, a few people saw it and I was like that was probably the greatest like scare I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Knock someone out. Nice. How about you, Cody? What's the what's the best scare you've done up in the Chicago area or other? Uh, I will say it, there's okay. So this is not my the best scare i think but the most memorable one that's ever happened to me um lord knows sliders get the scare i mean like it, yeah um there was a it's just real real simple um i slid at a group of teenagers and um i like to at the very last second stand up and catapult into somebody's uh, into somebody's ear, so I can basically whisper something after that extreme experience they just wis- witnessed. The group of the the group of the girls' friends ran off, and um, I started muttering in German. And I hear her say, "Stop, stop, stop!" And I think that they're just kind of being, you know, a wisecrack. And I look at them, and I realize they're bawling. They're absolutely bawling and they could not move. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen this where somebody's absolutely paralyzed where they can't move. I, I just have never seen that before. I remember just kind of walking away and that person still was standing there and they just still couldn't move. Um, so I, I'd say that that was pretty much my most memorable scare. Um, I've, all, I've done a lot of the, the, the pee in the pants. Um, as most sliders know, we're so quick about it. Like I don't have a chance to realize that they mess themselves. It's usually security that told me that like, Oh yeah, they peed themselves. Like, no, oh, cool. Like I, I wasn't around long enough to see it. So, yeah. uh, but that was, that was mine. Gotta love the old peed pants. Todd, I know you've probably got tons of stories. Uh, we could go for hours, but um, I mean, I know that uh, I'm sure along with these guys, the, if you're, if you're working in an area that's wide open and there's like, you'll see 10 or 12 teenage girls arms interlocked walking together <laughs> and oh, all of us look at each other and like it, I got uh, me I got this this is me it's mine it's just like you have to like call it out nope. <laughs> you got, I got, I got this and they're like, or, or somebody's already running you're like ah oh, dang it I, I should have that um, that's that's the gold standard of what you're looking for. That's what you're waiting for all night. You're like, come on, giant group of girls. Come on, give me the domino set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's usually my favorite. What's really funny is one of the ones that pops to mind. It was one of my favorite scares. And I feel like I, but the funny thing is I did almost nothing. And that's my favorite part about it is it's the end of the night. It's like one o'clock in the morning We're we're literally... We're, we're exhausted and we're all just waiting to, we're waiting to go home. It's just like the, the leader or whatever has to come by and go, all right, that's it. Let's everybody go back to makeup or whatever the thing is. And we're, we're done to the point where we're the place that we're standing and, uh, Michael would know where this is. It's in the, the, the main square, uh, where the stage is, where they used to do the big show. Um, so we're on the square, but we're off to the side. There's a, thing that sells food it's a food thing and it's got this little covered top but it's completely lit it's we're not it, hiding at all we're just standing leaning up against the building but you know tired and bored and we're like can we go now and uh there's a cart right about eight feet away with uh that sells drinks and this couple walks up and the reason it sticks in my head is 
Both of them were really tall. The one guy was probably six, six, eight or something, looked like a basketball guy. But the girl he was with was at least six foot tall or taller. And they walk up and they buy these two huge sodas and, and we're, we're looking right at them. And I feel like they're looking right at us. And it's like, can they see us? Like we're, we're in we're like completely lit. It's like, it's not hiding. And so whatever. So we're just kind of sitting there watching them. We watch them pay for their food and they're like, thanks. And they start to walk away. And all I did was fall down. I just fell on my hands and knees and I just said something like, nah. like I didn't even do anything like, Bleh, you know, just cause I'm bored. She throws the drink straight up in the air. Hadn't even taken a sip out of it yet. She throws it straight up in the air and climbs the guy. Like literally like, she crawls up and sits on his shoulders, like screaming. And the guy's like, what the hell? And he's just like crawling all over him. And and then the drink just goes and explodes all over the ground. And I just remember my buddy looked at me. He was just like, well, we're never going to top that. Let's go. And we just left. And that was, that was the end of the evening. It was like, yep. One and done. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Listeners, I really wish this was video because to watch how animated Todd is <laughs> telling us that story is priceless. Oh, God. When, when, when you create a 12-foot mass of humanity and another $30 in drink concessions for your place, that, that that's always a great story. She was almost another monster of herself. It was like, it's like this giant creature, like, ah, screaming, sitting on this guy's shoulders, and both of them are so tall. I was just, I love that. That was my favorite. Uh, that's great. That's great. We can get these two a giant raincoat and make them a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak into a movie. One last question before we uh, start wrapping this up. Todd, this is more for you and, well, to a lesser extent, the others, since you were kind of the originator of this. Okay. Um, for, for somebody who wants to be an aspiring slider, mm-hmm. you know, safety is always a big concern, and we can't stress this enough. You can get seriously hurt as a slider. You know, mm-hmm. you can be sliding, you can hit a rock, you can hit a, a bad patch, you can bounce That's, off something i'm sure you can crack kneecaps you can go face plant you can break arms elbows and all that are there any types of exercises or warm-ups to kind of prevent the cramping and the messing up of the and you're having your legs fail you know two hours in when i was when i was guest acting at like netherworld i probably averaged maybe three slides an hour mm-hmm. which is not you know not because i was older and fatter at the time it was just because you know there were so many people out there. I didn't want to one knock into somebody because you know, there's 2000 people hanging around in there Mm -hmm. and two, you slide 15 or 20 feet down the hill. It takes a toll on your legs and you're, you know, know, I was in my mid forties at the time, which is way too old to be a slider. (laughs) And you know, they would just be burning. My calves would be burning my quads, my hamstrings, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I kind of have sort of hung up the uh, slider semi-permanently at this point because I just don't want to injure myself. But what right. can somebody do to prevent, you know, hurting your knees and hurting your face and, and things like that? <laughs> well, I mean, first and foremost, it's all about, you know, stretching and and make before you get started. I mean, when back in the day when we kind of did this uh first off, um that wasn't even really a thought. We would just like put stuff on and go out and run around and do it. And of course, you know, life as a slider is a, a mass of mystery bruises and, you know, jammed fingers and, and whatnot, rolled ankles. And, uh, you know, that, cause that stuff's going to happen. Cause you're literally, you're, you're literally falling down for hours and hours every night. So, 
you have to take that into account. So there's certainly a style to it. There are ways to fall down that will make you a little less, you know, so you're not just like, you know, slamming down on the ground. You're, you're actually kind of easing into it kind of a thing. But, but to get to that point, you, you have to practice. I mean, if you're, there are, there are people now, I mean, uh, they mentioned the Chapman sport park, sports park earlier. That's a, it's a spot here in, um, uh, is it at Anaheim? Is it at where, where? Garden Grove? Garden Grove. Um, yeah. It is a, uh, it used to be, they used to have two roller hockey rinks in there and one of them got torn down. And so there's still one, but the other one just left this big, smooth space of concrete. And that became like the practice zone. Somebody, I don't remember when, somebody along the line just said, we should come here and practice. And so uh, a lot of times it's Thursday nights, but they'll go down there and they'll start practicing now. Um, A, if they want to learn it, you can go down there and see guys do it and go, well, do you start in your right foot or your left foot? Or how do you do the thing? And then... um but they get into shape. It's like, it's a sport. I'm almost, it, it's like you're running a lot. You're doing wind sprints all night long. You're doing pushups all night long. So you've, you've got to get into shape for that. You've got to do some pushups or do some sprints and gear up for that as it were. And, you know, uh, I'm not, a, you know, a trainer or anything, but I mean, I'm, there's gotta be a billion yoga videos on YouTube where you can <laughs> find some stretches that'll help you out. But, uh, but I would always suggest before, you know, before you start for the evening, you know, get a stretch in, you know, touch your toes and, you know, move your legs around a little bit and get warmed up. And then again, practice, you know, find a spot wherever that happens to be that's open and relatively smooth and that you can uh, try, try your stuff out. Maybe try And especially if you're tr- putting on the gear for the first time, you're going to want something that's not going to break you the first time you hit the ground. So uh, I would look for something open and smooth wherever you find that. And, and that's not always available, but that's pretty have much you, Have you found videos out there that kind of teach you how to slide on YouTube or otherwise? Uh, well, at least? funny you should ask. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I am actually, um, after all these years, uh, I, for years and years, I kept telling myself, you know what? I should, as you know, the guy who started the thing, I should probably tell people how to do this because again, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily, you can't patent it or whatever, but my whole thing was like, I just, I want people to do it cause it's fun, but I don't want people to break themselves. I don't want people to get hurt because it's easy to do so it's super fun but then so is skateboarding and so is bmx jumping and all that kind of stuff but you got to work your way up into that you got to learn how it works you can't just go out and start doing kickflips on a on a skateboard tomorrow without trying it out you know or someone telling you how that works there's mechanics involved so i have started a youtube page called sliders recaps um, where, uh, I'm going to go over basically all of it from the ground up. So the first two videos I have out right now are the history of it, like how it got started and whatever. And I've dug up some old video. I found some old videos of guys doing it way, 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 way back in the day before I was even there doing the same kind of thing. But then as I came into it, you know, videos of me and stuff, you know, doing the, the plastic knee pads and gloves and all that kind of stuff. And then the opening video, I go through a whole 
basically a tutorial of like how to run up, start, stop safely. Um, and then, uh, tricks for, you know, what happens if you're sliding right at somebody and they don't stop or they don't get out of your way or, or they jump in your way and stop. You know, it's like, what do you, what do you do? You know, how do you, how do you stop or how do you, what if you're going to run into them and there is no choice? What do you do with that? You know, do you just blast into them and knock them to the ground or do you find a way to wrap them up? So, so I go through all of that information, trying to break that all down. And I've got several other videos that I've got. I'm trying so hard to get them finished. Um, working through basically a, like a glove start to finish. It's like, okay, here's a glove. What do I stick on it? How do I stick it on there? Is there something different on the fingers than it's on the palm? And there's like 18 different ways you can do a glove. You can do one big piece, four small pieces, different things for the fingers. So there's, I'm trying to go through every scenario I can think of. And hopefully, you know, people might put notes at the bottom, like, well, I use, you know, pop tops from Coke cans. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> but um trying to go through each thing. I'll go through the gloves and then the shoes and then the knee pads. And, and we might have compassion and, you know, contrast and compare. It's like, Oh, I use the 187s. Oh, I like the whatever. And uh, uh maybe get people's, you know, interview some of these guys are like, well, what do you use? And why, why, why is that better? And how do you, keep it on or how to keep your pads from sliding off just little things like that, you know? Uh, and I have some tips that I've picked up over the years from a lot of other guys and that I didn't necessarily think of, like they came up with ideas for stuff. I would have never thought of the sparking thing. I remember, <laughs> I remember buying a box of flints like you'd use for your lighter that you would put in a Zippo lighter to light them up. And I remember trying to glue these little teeny flints onto my, my little finger and uh, <laughs> it was a mess. It was awful. It didn't do, it didn't do anything. It didn't spark at all. It was like, well, that's stupid. Mm. And, <laughs> but I kept thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it did sparks? Um, but here, these guys have already figured it out and it's, and it's awesome. I, I think it's great. Um, but I, w- but I would like to just have an overall, like if somebody just wants to know like, well, what do I do and how do I do that? And here you go. So, so check it out. Come, come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> Any final questions from the hosts or guests? I guess we're good. Okay. This is the part of the show we like to affectionately call the plugs. If you guys have something you'd like to promote, whether you have a series of videos on YouTube or whether you're <laughs> going to be appearing at a, you know, one of the conventions, I know Midsummer Scream has a slider demonstration and I know some other conventions do that kind of stuff. Or if you have a company or the haunt that you work at and you want to plug that um, now is the time with websites and social media. Let's start with Cody. Cody, uh, have you already been hired for a couple of haunts for this upcoming season or what have you got going on? Are you going to be at trans world and MHC and all that? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm basically um, pretty much officially rolling with zombie army production now. So, um, Statesville, that unfortunately was their last year this, this past year. And, uh, it was my first year with them and it was a hell of a time. So I'm very, very, very much looking forward to what they have in store with, uh, next. Uh, but next season, um, it looks like I will be at, uh, Hell's Gate, um, officially for the entire season. Now, off season events, I'll be just kind of cruising around, uh, doing, you know, some guests acting here or there, uh, there's always something going on. So, um, I'll be, you know, if anybody's interested, see where I'm at, just kind of check my social media and that's at slider, Jesus, everything, Snapchat, Instagram, 
Um, TikTok is my biggest platform. Um, that's kind of where I do a lot of uh, just fun transition and sometimes sliding videos, but they're kind of hard on that. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I will be at Transworld uh, uh, MHC for sure. And, and uh, I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So look for Slider Jesus and they'll find you. Sounds like. Yeah, basically. Yeah, there's only one of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, how about you? Do you have anything coming up or anything, any uh, haunts that you're going to be working at this year that you know of or other? Um, right now, so far, we're fingers crossed for the Queen Mary Dark Harbor to rise again. Um, I know the city is uh, taking control of her and treating her well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, something can happen um, in the future. Right now, I'm currently back at my home haunt with a Not Scary Farm. Um, I'm still a part of the coaching and leadership of the QM Sliders for uh, Long Beach West Coast. I'm having fun doing that. Um, and, you know, we're seeing where things are going to go from there. We do... We do occasionally do food truck Tuesdays. Um, and right now we have like a photo shoot coming up in not this Saturday, but the Saturday after that, which is like mega, um, haunt meat type thing at Sepulveda Dam. Another person that, uh, that helps us out is, uh, what is it? Slider Dynamics, uh, by Scott Dieterman. Um, He's definitely uh, an awesome person in the business. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I could say right now. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, and I can't wait to possibly, hopefully, when uh, when the boy's a little bit bigger and, you know, we can leave him somewhere a little bit longer to hopefully cruise around on the East Coast and hang out with uh, with Spider Jesus and Joseph and all of them and kind of do a, a con together. It would be great. Nice. Are you going to be at a Midsummer Scream if they open this year? Um, I know the team is willing to to go down there. We kind of group up. We're like it's like a what is it? Um, West Side Story. You know, we kind of squat up together. I'm usually the one with the leather jacket, and um, yeah, we just we bring a group and go have fun. Well, we hopefully we'll have a booth again this year, assuming they open. So come look for us. We'll just say hi. So. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, Joseph, how about you? Uh, anybody, I know you freelance. Has anybody come out and looked for your services this year? And do you plan on attending any of the shows? Yes. Uh, so I do, uh, plan on attending, uh, trans world and MHC. Um, as far as, uh, the different haunts, um, I'm already booked for, uh, Talon falls in Kentucky. Um, that's going to be mid October. And then Woods of Terror up in North Carolina. I'm booked there. Uh, likely going to be back at House of Torment in Austin, Texas. And if things go well, we'd like to have another excuse to go back out to California. If Queen Mary comes back and everything's good, I'd, I'd love uh, to have a chance to go back out there and act there again. Um, I do sell, I do make and sell uh, slider gear. Um, mostly the bread and butter is uh, making the, the gloves and the, the sparking uh, sparking gloves and, uh, the recaps, um, for the knee pads. I make, uh, some other things as well. Um, uh, but you know, you can find all that, um, on, uh, Pongo Joe. Uh, that's, that's my handle on Instagram, TikTok, and everything else. 
Um, I guess probably the main thing um, that I, I want to plug would be um, some of my video work. I uh, made a video called Haunt Life uh, that you can find on YouTube, and it is a culmination of a lot of the haunts that I have traveled to. Um, there's even some footage, uh, from not scary farm. Um, and it's pretty much, uh, the, the essence, uh, uh, the whimsical fun that, that is haunting. And, um, I worked really hard on it. Uh, so yeah, check that out. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. <laughs> Let me know when you're coming up to woods of terror. I haven't been up there in a couple of years. I'll have to go up and, uh, hang out or something. Awesome. So. And Todd, anything you've got? I know you've doing the full time job thing now, but uh, uh, you know, I know you've got that YouTube channel. You can plug that again, or any yeah. of your various social things. Uh, Sliders yeah. recaps, yeah. I uh, on Sliders recaps, I'm, I I labeled myself T, the original Ghost Town Slider. Um, so that will be. I'll have a Instagram and TikTok for that too. I think what I'll probably end up doing is once I get some of these YouTube things filled out i'll probably make smaller episodes of it and try to branch out to those other things because they're you can't make quite as long a video on the other ones so it'll just be like quick tips or quick clips and things like that so look for uh t the original ghost town slider or sliders recaps and hopefully if things go well i've got some other irons in the fire for uh like like joe uh like pongo is doing with the specialized fingertips and, and things of that nature that you can attach to your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm going to build like whole gloves, but maybe just, you know, just some sort of pucks or fingertips or something that you can build yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever works, but yeah, check it out. Sliders recaps whenever you get a chance. I'd love to see you. And and hopefully you'll come to midsummer scream and uh, oh, God, I would so love high. to, I would love to, I'll, I will do my, my best. I'm, a, I'm originally from Kentucky. So the fact that they're having uh, Kentucky stuff, I could, I could visit family and do that at the same time. Uh, hey, you really could. You, really could. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, come on out. <laughs> I, I will do, I will do my best. I really want to, I do what I really want to. And if Queen Mary comes back, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to Scott and see if maybe I can sneak in there for a night or two. <laughs> Todd, I will say this. If you go to midsummer, I will too. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Cool. I will certainly do that. And you guys can all hang out at the big scary show booth. <laughs> Sweet. That'll be awesome. We'll be in some far away corner away from everything. <laughs> but, but we thank David for letting us cover the show. But anyway, we'll talk about that at another show. But right now, folks, if you get out there and, you are fortunate enough to have a haunt that uses sliders. Go and appreciate them. Tell them how scary they are, how cool they are, because they put their bodies on the line, and it's not easy. Good Lord, I did it for only a few years, and I feel so much older the next morning and so much pain, and I probably should buy stock in ibuprofen. But, of <laughs> course, we couldn't we couldn't do a show on sliders or anything else without our hosts, including Storm, uh, this has been a great conversation and just eye-opening with the whole slider community. You know, you guys need a whole bunch of matching Fez hats so that we can replace <laughs> the Shriners at your local parade. I just want you guys sliding around collecting money for hospitals. <laughs> well, that'd be fun. I'd love to see that in a parade. Uh, we got Meat Hook Jim. You know, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I wish I had gotten into this business when I was a little bit younger. Because I would have loved to have slid, but those days are long past. 
<laughs> oh, you got you got at least one in you. <laughs> yeah, and it might break something in the process. Well, it might be like a spectacular oh. slide. That's it. Oh, I, I I pay a ticket to see that. Maybe like at a water slide or something. <laughs> um, we'd also we also want to thank Jana for actually making this happen. Who got all the guests for us and everything? It's been a fantastic adventure. So thank you, Jana. Thank you, all of you guys. This has been uh, just really a lot of fun. This, I could listen to you guys tell stories for hours. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just want to say I'm very appreciative uh, to be talking with all you guys. Um, and it, it really is a big deal. I, I'm very thankful that you brought us together. Uh, you know, it's good to good to always talk with you, Cody. It's good to hear you, Michael. And uh, Todd, I know I know we've talked a little bit here and there online, but it's it's good to like you know hear your voice and you know <laughs> talk to you in person and you know just yep. say hey, I'm 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 thankful. It's uh, it is a scare tactic that has fundamentally changed my life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I do love it. Uh, I Absolutely. I couldn't agree with uh, Joseph anymore. Like anything that brings people together in like a positive manner, and like me, like I'm like I'm like ooh, there's a there's an East Coast flavor. Like I wanna <laughs> I wanna taste some of that East Coast flavor. You know, I wanna see how that is. You know, like it's it's crazy how by one person, you know, it's it's like what is that uh that metaphor? You drop a pebble in a lake. And, and what, uh, Todd has done to gather people around the North America and people around the world can do to this industry. And like, I mean, I'm happy just to, just to be up here in this random round table and, you know, get that mm-hmm. message like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to talk amongst these people? And I still don't feel like, uh, I'm a part of the, uh, the Avengers, you know, I, f- I still feel like Spider-Man, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <what> I mean? <laughs> But then there it's like, go. there's those times where I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting older. I guess I can <laughs> chat about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina, and all this talk about sliders makes me want White Castle, which we don't have one for at least a <laughs> couple of states away. But I'll just leave you with this, folks. If you know, you know, imagine Princess Trainwreck sliding towards you. This is the Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. The horror of the sparking pigtails. <laughs> oh, God, she would just hate that. Anyway, for those who don't know, Princess Trainwreck is one of my haunt characters that does not slide. Do not look her up on Facebook. I'm warning you now. Do not look up Princess Trainwreck on Facebook. Do it. Hold on, I have to type something. Hold on a second. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. We gotta have, we gotta get a shout outs from you guys. Sorry, you yes. don't have time to type up anything. So. Looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, 
and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. has taken 
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners, and on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to the Martyrs of the Arena. As the once mighty Roman Empire entered terminal decline, desperate emperors bolstered support with a kind of persecution tactics beloved by despots throughout history. Christians, with their weird beliefs and behavior, were perfect targets for the Romans. It was easy for the state to manipulate opinion against Christians for political expediency, usually in times of civil unrest. Some magistrates saw themselves as merciful and gave the religious rebels opportunities to renounce their god by making a sacrifice to the emperor's health or sprinkling incense above a lighted flame. Other Christians were tortured. It was beyond the pagan Romans' reasoning that simple acts of sacrifice could be refused in preference to public death in the gladiatorial arena or a mauling by wild animals. Nonetheless, Christians with strong faith defied the law and prepared for their terrible fate. The arena mob bade for blood. They saw Christians as dangerous scum, well-deserving of a painful death, and demanded that they suffer fear and humiliation in the process. One of the most graphic accounts of execution by wild beasts concerned a young mother called Perputua, Perputua, a convert to Christianity whose influential family lived near Carthage. Perputua was in breach of laws imposed by the emperor Septimus Severus in A.D. 202 that allowed long-standing Christians to pursue their faith but imposed the death penalty on anyone who converted. She was hauled before a magistrate with several of her male and female Christian slaves and two male converts. All were condemned to death in the arena in the presence of the acting governor, Hilarion, as a curtain raiser for games to celebrate the birthday of Severus's son, Geta. Contemporary accounts show that one of the young men, Saturninus, was first to die, mauled by a leopard and savaged by a bear. Next, the condemned group's teacher, Satyrus, was sent in, tied to a boar that trampled and dragged him, but returned him to his jailer alive. Satyrus pleaded for a leopard to be released so death would come quickly. As the animal tore at his limbs, the crowd reportedly taunted him with cries of, You've really been washed now, a reference to the ritual of baptism. Perpetua, who, according to Christian Chronicles, entered the arena wearing warning Hilarion, you may judge us now, but God will judge you later, was stripped naked, along with her slave girl Felicitas, wrapped in a net and exposed to the beasts. This spectacle proved too much even for the sadistic crowd. The arena authorities allowed the woman to be dressed and instead tried to kill them with a wild cow. When this too failed, gladiators were sent in to deliver the coup de grace. It was said that Perpetua's executioner was inexperienced and failed to dispatch her cleanly. Crying out in agony, she guided the point of his blade to her throat, ensuring that he would not repeat his error. Well, it, you just have to think about the savagery uh, that was humanity way back when 
And believe me, there's a lot more to go. Once again, I want to thank Gene Kellaway, the author of The History of Torture and Execution, for some fascinating insights, and we'll keep going as long as we keep going. Catch you on the next episode. The House of Exorcism, starring Terry Savalas, Elkie Sommer, Silva Crescina, and Robert Alda. The House of Exorcism, locked in the grip of the ultimate evil, where every corner of the soul is lost to the icy clutch of the supernatural. You won't use me tonight. You won't use me in your games tonight. There's nothing you can do. It's already happened. Kelly Savalas, Elky Sommer, Silva Koshina, Robert Alda. The House of Exorcism, a terrifying motion picture. I exercise you from this house. You and your accursed souls. I exercise you from this house forever. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. The House of Exorcism, a peppercorn worms are release. Time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> when I started my haunted attraction, the only requirement the city asked of me was to make sure it was ADA compliant. I'm proud that we are ADA compliant, and the people who normally could never experience the thrill of going through a haunted attraction can come and enjoy mine. This season, I had a first. A patron who was in a wheelchair was referred to my haunt because we are wheelchair accessible. Here's the problem. She also had a service dog. Now don't get me wrong. I love my hellhounds. I love all hellhounds. But being suddenly thrust with the decision whether or not to let this animal go in was not something I'd expected to happen. I confess I probably didn't handle it well. When asked if it was okay, I automatically said no, but due to some miscommunication, they were allowed in. As soon as I was made aware that they were in the house, I stopped any other patrons from going through, and we stopped them, but they insisted on going through, and fortunately there were no incidents, but the actors were timid and scaring, and to be honest, they didn't get a very good show. Here's the issue I had. We are told all the time that you can't refuse service animals. You can't ask for documentation showing that they are properly trained or even legitimately a service animal. And we're all afraid of being sued for denying entrance. So after this happened, I reached out to a friend who raises puppies who go on to be trained as service animals. And her first response was, regardless if the dog was trained or not, The owner was not being a good steward by putting them in that kind of environment. I have to say I agree. I love my dogs, but I would never subject them to the environment of a haunted house. It's too unpredictable. Then, as a member of the Haunted Attraction Association, I took advantage of our free legal advisors and asked the question, Can we refuse entrance to service animals? Of course, there is a small likelihood of some type of legal ramifications or backlash 
for refusing entrance, but the consequences of an animal getting scared and biting someone is so much worse. I was advised to put in a statement on my website explaining that due to the extreme atmosphere, loud noises, lighting, and close proximity of actors, service animals are not allowed inside the haunted attraction for their safety as well as for ours. So, as the fire burns down and my hellhounds are gathered near me, I am busily updating my website to make sure that no hellhounds are harmed on my watch. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state from home to pro to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Skeleton Beats, Succubus, on the Big Scary Show.
dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Creepy Collection and Von Caron Productions We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.